encounter the love and the power of God and give it away to the world. So we do our best um, on Sundays and during the week to do that, to encounter his love and power and then give it away. So we encourage you to be a part of that. And um, if you kind of are new to the church or wanting to get more involved, you don't know how to do that, we've got some posters out there and you can see small groups and ministries and do something fancy with the QR codes and that'll give you all the information, uh, lead you to our website and let you know how to be involved. If you don't get the emails that Adam sends uh, every Tuesday, you want that. So um, talk to me, talk to Adam, go to the website, hit the contact and, and let us know. You wanna know what's happening. That is the best way to find out what's happening in the church is to get those emails because everything that we do is there. Um, just a very quick and very personal announcement just to let you know what's happening. A couple of weeks, we'll, we'll have uh, Ash Wednesday comes up on 214. What is that? Oh, Valentine's Day. Um, so as a part of your celebration of Valentine's Day, come here 7 o'clock and we'll have an Ash Wednesday service. Just be an hour and we'll impose the ashes and and talk about the meaning of that. And that will be the beginning of our 24-7 prayer. So Ash Wednesday, 2-14, and then on that Sunday, the 18th, we'll launch someone into the prayer room, and back in that room, we will pray every hour for 40 days, 960 hours, and you'll all be invited into that. So we'll talk about that more, and it's going to be great. Okay, Heather. You should clap for Heather. Heather. She doesn't want my notes. Um, Heather's. <laughs> those are mine. Okay. We're friends. We can do this. Um, Heather's our children's pastor and has been for a couple of years. She does a great job with the kids back there. She also has the fire of God in her. And she knows the love of the Father. And when the love of, of the Father hits her, then it kind of explodes out of her. So I think that's what we get today. So let's pray for Heather. <laughs> God, thank you for Heather. We ask that you uh, fill her again with the Holy Spirit and let the love and the grace, the mercy of Jesus hit her and hit us and affect the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you hear me now? Okay. Kind of sounded like a commercial. So this, just to warn you, this won't be an exhaustive study on mercy. There's going to be a lot of things that I will leave out, but I feel like this is where the Lord is leading me and leading us today. Um, I wanted to start with a story a handful of years ago, and I'll leave it as vague as possible just to protect my three kids. Um, one of our kids made an unfortunate choice, and so I got a call from the parent. He had to be sent home, and... In the midst of all of that, I'm pacing back and forth. And I'm like, oh, God, this is awful. What do I do? What do I do? Because everything in me wanted to squish him like a bug. And I don't mean kill him. I mean squish the thing that was in him that made this choice. Um, a lot of times we'll find that um, when something is, something is done wrong, like there's fear and control that comes on the heels of that. And we want to we stop it quick. And so I'm pacing back and forth. I'm like, God, I don't, I don't know what to do. And um, so he's walking up the driveway, his head's down. And um, in my anger, 
I stood right by that door. Like it was almost going to hit me when he walked in. And I just said one quick, like, Holy Spirit, help. The moment he opens the door, he just starts to cry. I open my arms and he falls into my arms. And we both cried for a minute and I could tell the Holy Spirit was doing something. Had no, I didn't have a language for it. Because um, I don't know, I didn't know Jesus the way I know him today. So I didn't have an understanding of what he was doing. I just knew something shifted in me the moment I saw him. And I, he has his head is down. I just whispered in his ear, we're not going to do shame here. I'm never going to purposely withdraw and withhold my love from you. And um, I think a lot of times for parents, and not really even just parents, I mean, I think it's hysterical that I'm standing up here talking about mercy, and I had no mercy to offer at the grocery store yesterday. So it's not as though you have to be a parent or have kids to understand, um, but it does sort of it does sort of help a little bit, at least for me anyway. Um, I think we, I, for me, I struggle with the idea of mercy because I grew up in a home with a value for the punitive system. Like there was a high value for behavior and coming under the sort of the um, submission of your parents. And there's not a thing wrong with that. Um, I, there was a story my husband and I were, he was reminding me of when he was, uh, I don't remember how old he was, younger, seven. He's giving me hand signals. When he was seven, he called his brother a fool. And um, his father um, proceeded to read, uh, I think it was New, the, the old King James, and I think it's Matthew 2.22, um, and I really probably should have written that down, but it doesn't. It's not germane to what I'm talking about. And it talks about if anyone calls his brother a fool, he'll be uh, in fear of like hellfire. And then he proceeds to spend the rest of the evening reading Revelation without context or explanation so, he could, so they could understand what hellfire was. Um, they had a high value for the punitive system in their family. Um, Gosh, it's a little dark up here. Let me move this just a smidge. There we go. Um, I, I had said it earlier, but oftentimes you'll see that um, punishment comes on the heels of fear and control. And um, as a parent, I mean, I can see how easy it is to want to control our kids' behavior. Mercy, mercy removes the power to punish. It also removes the power from the person who can punish. It takes away their power. It takes away um, what feels like power. Because that's actually not the true power. That's false power. Imagine me, which I love. I, I laughed when I wrote this out. Imagine me telling my mom or my dad, I absolve you from any need to punish me. <laughs> I mean, I would have, that would have been a whole, that would have required a punishment in and of itself. Um, yeah, um, we have our, all, of our, all of our kids are older now. We have two adults. One is 16 in high school. Um, and since that incident, I think we've spent the rest of that time sort of, like when John and I got married, our goal was for, if I say this correctly, where we're at for our kids, like our ceiling to be their floor. Like we were going to break all the junk in our lives, and they were going to like, shoo, so it was sort of from that moment on, I began to sort of unpack how to parent my kids 
and stay in relationship and give them mercy and still not be afraid of mercy. And it's in those instances at the time that was huge. It's not as huge now, um, but they know and they do it now. My sophomore in college, he'll call if he has a problem. He'll text if he needs something. We've built that relationship and that trust, and they know that no matter what they do, where they go, if they make a mess, they still have to clean it up, but we'll be there for them. And um, let's see. Sorry, I, it's funny. When I, when I do this, I always think I'm not going to read this. And I'm not, but then I lose my place, and I'm not sure where I'm at. <laughs> But that's okay. That's okay. Um, when Jesus showed up, um, no one deserved what he was offering. There was, there was nothing that he was offering that anyone deserved, which was mercy. There wasn't anything that the disciples, they weren't exceptional. He just called them because there was something that he could see in them that they couldn't see in themselves yet. He withheld his judgment, but he offered love. The birth of Jesus would usher in a completely new way that we would relate to God. It was the one thing that the Israelites didn't have was mercy. They had to work for it. They had to, um, and I don't say this flippantly, but they had to jump through hoops. They had to sacrifice the animals. Like somebody had to pay for what they did. And so when Jesus showed up, he was going to completely change their punitive system. I had a dream a couple of weeks ago because I was telling the Lord, I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm going to talk about mercy, but I'm sort of bored with that word. Like, I have nothing new to offer that Adam and Randy probably wouldn't do better. I'm not, I'm not a scholar, so I wasn't sure what I was going to bring. So I'm like, Lord, you've got to give me something. So I have this dream, and um, it feels like it's a giant glass, but I think it's just because that was just the whole picture. Um, giant clear glass full of water. Excuse me. <laughs> full of water right to the brim. Like that, you know, like what little kids do when they pour the water in. They wait so it gets to the very tip, tippy top. I have challenged the efficacy of the quicker picker upper more than I would like to know. Yeah, I, yeah, I love to pour the water when I was little, not so much now. Um, and so I heard when I saw this, I saw this little drop of water just hit into the glass and it completely, it wasn't just overflew a little bit. I mean, it completely upended the whole cup and everything that was in the glass came out. It wasn't empty, but it was just overflowing. And I woke up and I was asking the Holy Spirit, what's this about? And he said, that's my mercy. Like you're full already of my mercy. And he said, when you cry for it, when you fall on it, when you ask for a revelation of it, that's that drop of water that just upends the whole cup. And um, so I'm like, okay, this is good, but I need more. Because it's still in my head, right? I still understand what the idea of mercy is, but I'm not really getting it here. So I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you now to make me like this cup, to make me understand in my heart what it was. So I have this, I have two Bibles. I have one um, that's a smaller print Bible and one that's a larger print. 
My older, smaller print has um, a handful of like old Polaroids from when I was a little. And there's one, and it's my, my absolute favorite, with me, my three sisters, and we're sitting on Santa Claus's lap. And I think it says 1978, <coughs> and it says Ellis Ayers, and it's like a little laminated card. And so I had had to pull all of those out because, you know, if you put something in a book, when you open the book, it automatically falls open wherever that thing is. And I was sort of getting tired of having to rearrange these pictures. So I took them out and um, I opened my Bible. I was like two or three days later after this dream and I was talking to the Lord. So I opened my Bible and to my complete amazement, a Polaroid picture fell out that I had completely forgotten about. I honestly don't think I have seen this picture in 25 years. And it was the Polaroid picture of my husband from 1998 in his Air Force uniform. And I just completely lost my mind. I started bawling like a baby. And I just saw this sweet little, okay, you're not a little boy, but at the time, this sweet boy in this picture. And I thought, oh, that's God's mercy. We're still together, like in love. Like, that's your mercy, God. All this time that we were struggling and we didn't know and we had some really dark years, he would constantly, because we're moving from base to base, he's bringing people in our lives to disciple us and to encourage us. And um, there was never a moment that his mercy was not evident in our lives. And I realized, oh, that's my cup. Like, I could feel the, the abundance of his mercy in my life. Um, wherever Jesus was and whatever, wherever Jesus is now, there is his mercy. So if you want to turn to, if you have a Bible or a phone or a device, John 8. Small itty-bitty context. This is just in the smack in the middle of a festival. Jesus had just spoken about being living water, stirring up some controversy. Um, the Pharisees were in full force with their own, their own things. They were trying to trap him. Starting in verse 3, it says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of, of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what would you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And at this, those who heard began to go away, one at a time. The older, one, the older ones first, until, excuse me, only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir. Then neither do I. Go and sin no more. When I read this, because I mean, there's not—I mean, there's not a parable, there's not a person in this in the Bible in the Gospels that never encountered the mercy of Jesus. 
And this was the one that kept coming up. And I was just thinking about this woman, I mean, dragged through the streets in various straight states of undress because I'm sure that they were not waiting for her to get dressed. It was about humiliation and catching Jesus in some sort of a trap. And I can imagine that she's, like, it's, I mean, I've not ever faced a near-death experience, but you would think that your life would run through your, through your head, this movie, of, and you're thinking, how did I get here? How did I end up in this situation? And Jesus, the first thing he does is bend down and begin to write in the dirt. He doesn't immediately engage in the conversation. And I, my first thought when I read this was, who does this? Who doesn't engage in that? Like, I would, like for me, I'm, I would be quick to argue. Help me, Lord. I would. I would be quick to come back with something. My husband's like, yes, help her, Lord. I'm sorry for all the times I argue with you. He shifted the weight of the whole conversation from them to himself. When he said what he needed to say, he stooped back down. Pardon me, but he was already stooped down. He said what he needed to say when he stood up, and then he stooped back down. And I wonder, part of me wonders if in stooping down, if he was showing them just how unimportant this whole thing was. Not the woman, but the accusation, the trap, everything that they had set up for him. He wasn't validating what they were bringing to him. The accusation, not the woman. A few years ago, even before this incident with my son, I was talking to Jesus, and this was before I had any really heart understanding of his kindness, his mercy, and I knew it up here, but I didn't, I, there was just this disconnect. And I was, a, I, was, I was in a place where all I was doing was managing behavior, and I was frustrated, and I couldn't understand why nothing was working. My control and my anger, imagine that, were not fixing anything. They wouldn't fix my husband. They wouldn't fix my kids. And he said one thing to me that has changed the way I relate to Jesus and has changed the way I relate to other people. Not 100%, but he said, I am unmotivated by what I see you doing. His motivation is not behavior-based. He is solely motivated by love. In that moment, I realized the invitation was for me to be like Jesus. Stoop down in the dirt, unmotivated by the behaviors of my kids, of my husband, of the people around me. He was utterly and completely, he is utterly and completely, oh, oh, that's a whole nother sentence. Let me go back. I'm sorry. Yep. Mercy doesn't give us an out of, get out of jail free card. Like when my son had his incident, he had to go and call the parent and apologize. He had to clean up his mess. There's, we still have to clean up our messes and we still have consequences for our sin. Like Jesus told that woman, go, and in my own words, knock it off. Stop it. <laughs> there will never be a moment that Jesus will expect payback from that woman. He didn't go back and expect her to do anything else. As we fall in love with, more, with Jesus more, he gives us an understanding 
of what he's done for us. We can't help but pay with our lives. It will, it cost us, it cost Jesus, excuse me, it was a free gift, but it will cost us everything. And his mercy was displayed on the cross, and he has utterly and completely removed the need for us to pay for our sin. His death was the payment that we could never pay. Whether you see it or not, your life is punctuated by mercy. The freedom and the mercy that God gave me isn't based on anything I've done, anything I've offered him, everything I've ever done, all the choices I've ever made, both good and bad, are covered by God's mercy. He withheld judgment and did not withhold his love. He withheld nothing from me, and he gave me Jesus. I will never have a moment when Jesus doesn't ever love me fully. There will never be a moment that you will do anything that Jesus will ever withhold love from you. Somebody's phone's ringing. It's not distracting me, but, oh, that's okay. I'm not bothered by it. I just didn't know if it was important. In Matthew 7, 13 to 14, Jesus says, even though, even, let me go back and try that one more time. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. The narrow gate is the way of Jesus. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must lose your life. In Matthew 16, 35, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but, for who, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. In other words, this is going to be hard. I'm going to ask you to do things that you're not going to want to do in your flesh, but it's the only thing, if you follow me, that will lead to life. There will never be a moment that God will ask you to do something that he isn't willing to do himself. The way of Jesus is the narrow way. Mercy is the narrow way. Taking away our ability to punish or withhold affection, he has paid the price that we could never pay, and he removed us from being on the hook on the for being on the hook for the bill. Whew, words. Um, I'm going to go ahead and invite the ministry team up, and I want to share a quick story um, from John Wimber. He had um, an encounter where he was praying for somebody. Um, from the story and the way I remembered it. Um, prayed for all manner of people and nothing happened. Gets a call early one morning and it's a woman. She's very sick and he's like, I don't know, Lord. All right. He just throws up some random, not random prayer, but just sort of half-hearted prayer. And he's beginning to explain to this woman why sometimes things, sometimes God doesn't heal people. He turns around and she's completely, she's up, she's, she's healed, she's ready to make them coffee. John um, gets, he steps outside and he drove away ecstatic, yelling at the top of his lungs, we got one, it works. 
because he had, to this point, had not seen much healing. At that moment, in his mind's eye, he saw in the sky a huge honeycomb dripping from the sky out onto people. Some were joyful, some were, excuse me, some were joyfully weeping, tasting it, and even sharing it. And others were irritated, wiping the honey off of themselves and complaining about the mess. It's my mercy, John, he said. For some, it's a blessing, but for others, it's a hindrance. There's plenty for everyone. In a nutshell, that's what the vineyard was founded on. The kingdom reality that there's plenty for everyone. There's plenty of mercy for sinners, plenty of healing for the broken, and plenty of love for the outcast. There's plenty for everyone. I want to invite, I think Dale Crabtree had a word, um, but I want to ask, where do you need mercy? Where in your life do you need to give it away? Is there a part of your life that needs to encounter Jesus and the fullness of his mercy? Mercy. Do you long for the Holy Spirit just to show you who Jesus is? If you do, then come forward and get prayer. Our ministry team is longingly and happy to pray for you. Dale has a word he was going to share with us. Praying earlier um, for this moment, and um, just like she said, there's plenty of mercy. And I just had the impression that there are people who are tired of coming up and asking for it, that you've come up and you've asked for prayer more than once, maybe too many times, and you just feel like... I've done everything I can do. Well, okay, God's going to do his whatever, whenever. Ask one more time. Remember when Jesus said, let your nets down on the other side of the boat. A carpenter telling fishermen how to do business. Let your nets down on the other side of the boat. Ask one more time. This could be the morning. I don't know whether it is or not, but ask one more time. There's plenty of mercy for everybody. So come up if you need prayer. Yeah. Hi. So um, during service, we have a um, discerner team that sits over here on the my left, your right in the front row. So if ever you're uh, getting a word from God or a word that you're not sure what that is for, come to us and we're sitting up here in the front row and we can uh, discern that and share that if it's for the body. Uh, this morning we had a word um, from uh, Julie and I'll share that briefly. Um, it was about an invitation and I, I feel like the invitation, you know, for what Dale has said as well as what Julie, but she had the word of, if you're on the sideline, don't wait for an invitation from the Lord to step into what he has, because he's already invited you by giving you that word. So take the step and come into what he has for you. So with that, we'd just like to invite you up for prayer. If you need an invitation, come on up. you can go ahead and go get them 
and we'll just officially dismiss to go serve and give away the mercy of Jesus this week.